podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Final FPL pod of the season, dude. Postmortem. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Little Law and Order SVU postmortem here. We gotta check the bods. Dead cold bods. Get Benson. Get Benson in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll be back. We're gonna take next week off. The huge off season of one week off, and then we'll be back Euros potting Monday, June seventh. But uh, before that, anything you want to say about Game Week thirty eight? I, yeah, it was great. It yeah. was really nice to have games on concurrently. That's that's all. I'll say that about was it. by far the best thing about it. <laughs> Missed well, it so much. I just I mean, we got me. a we got a taste of it. The game at previous where there were like yeah. two or three games on. It. Yeah, but yeah. To just having more than one game to just like it's just fun to see action coming in on Discord and people watching different games and just hearing the little yeah. snippet updates of people watching other games. What's happening? It's, it, yeah. it was so fun. So it was enjoyable. You know. It was, it was nice. What about you? And obviously fans back in the stands and yeah. even match of the day. Like I, I didn't watch match of the day this season. I watched every Why fucking game. Why would game? I watch match I of the day? You know, consider, if I needed to see highlights, it? I'd quick like YouTube highlights it or something. They but, have match of the day. Yeah. They always do for the last day. And it's nice. They like for the champions league race, for example. No, I mean, did, did they have match of the day throughout the whole season? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's nuts. Mul- okay. Multiple times a week, like normal, okay. even though the season was abnormal. Okay. But yeah, the final match today was great. Just a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, it was nice. It was good. And your team. Hey. Yeah. yeah, my team did the your thing. Your team. So, my team laid down for you. It was great. You're welcome. Boy and Jurgen, actual to another. great friends. <laughs> they definitely friends. had some wine after the game. Like, good, good shit, good shit. Yeah. Um, let me do league updates, housekeeping, final league oh, updates. Well, wait, that, oh, 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 I have to shout the Ederson cap. Oh, my God. <laughs> How good is disgusting. it? How good is it, though? How good is it that your cap is Ederson 24 pointer fucking haul? You've been leaning on it it's so disgusting. hard it comes to. And disgusting. I get a double, double zeros. At my keeper, yeah. just D- DNP, yeah. DNP, <laughs> drop, fucked. drop, rotation, that's, McCarthy, see, undroppable. So lesson to learn: me spending eight transfers on goalkeeper this season actually worked. Huge, huge. Haul. <laughs> 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 no, I'm so happy that you had Eddie and Mane, and like, I mean, you had a fucking great, actual great end to the season. Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, from, I did. I did. I did. You were one. Point five eight million game week twenty three and ended up three hundred thirty k. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean we were all compare and contrast <laughs> to me where I also climbed, but my gains were just so much smaller that the incremental climb in the end was much less, and I ended at six six hundred fifty five k. Yeah, easily my worst ever season. Well, what you about know, your coon cap? Felt great. Yeah, I mean that warms the heart, God. right? And that yeah. was uh, it was also like little little behind the scenes FMLPL land. I was just zoned in fully Liverpool on my exercise bike. Like, don't give a fuck about anything else. I'm get- and then me and you just start texting like the old days out of nowhere. Yeah, we're not even like on the Discord. We're just texting. We're just like texting. oh oh I, you like you're texting. Like, oh, I think Bamford just scored, and I'm just like oh my god, amazing, you know. And then it's like <laughs> oh Coon's something on, you know, and I'm like oh shit, you know, and Coon go oh. You know, just like that. That also doesn't exist when the, it's one game at yeah. a time and everyone's fucking tired and bored and yeah. slogging. So, yeah, that, I mean, Coon Cap was great. Came to yeah. Coon. Fuck right. it. But, yeah, that's Game Week 38. So, so, shout out to the three Prize League Mug League winners for May, final mugs of the season. Mahesh, aka Himmy Himmy, some more. Josh, Michael, aka Essen, Chill, and Frode. A.K. Agnam United, and shout out to the winner of the FMLFL Public League, Mike Lackins, A.K. Pedro's Ombres takes the Public League, OR of thirty-one, not bad. And then thirty-one, yeah, pretty good. And then list of the tier winners in Kev's maniacal head-to-head Discord Patreon subscriber <laughs> leagues. <laughs> he asked me to do it. I'm here for it. Tier one, Aiden, 
Eric B, Private KY, Tim, Scatterfold, Rody Base, Derek, won his tier, obviously. Keycon Jim, the Great Wild Gamu, Alex Malik, Kuhn, and Waduaku or something. He said full list of promotion relegation already posted in Discord. New entrants welcome next season. Everyone keep an eye on your DMs once the game launches launches next season so you can register your tier quickly. Good job by Kev. Moving on. So this is the postmortem. This is the season review. We talk about what happened. We talk about what we learned, etc. The thing that I wanted to start with is just not necessarily like what did we learn, but I was. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, you're 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 doing the me. I was thinking one thing that I kept thinking about is like what. Can you even learn from season to season? Because I I listened to last year's postmortem just to kind of get the vibe. I need to always remind myself. And then as I was like was looking that? up stuff, for, it was a good episode, I think. Yeah, it was good. Ep- um, and then I was thinking about this episode and like major themes, and we have questions and all that shit. And I was just thinking like it's there's so many differences already just from one postmortem to the other. There's different things that. We think, oh, this big, valuable lesson that we can take into next season. But every season differs from year to year so much. So I don't even know what can be carried over. And that was Barrick's question. He said, having a few years at FPL under my belt, I realized looking at the game season by season doesn't really make sense given the variance in the metas, team structure, formation, tactics, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of looking at this season in a vacuum, what are some common themes and lessons you've learned from all of the FPL seasons you played? And then B. Robert's (laughs) question was... Small question. Yeah, just say. Tell yeah, me just the, say, what happens when you die? Yeah, just, just, say, just, exactly. you're just a casual. In the last 10 years, have you learned any information? Um, and then B. Roberts, what can we learn from the COVID year and what can we unlearn from the COVID year? For example, picking last week's points, successful strategy this season, deep benches, necessity, home advantage was gone, Jesse Lingard was a good player. What learnings from this year stand out as useful and what should we try to forget? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, so much to tackle, but what, what, came to mind for you immediately um for me it was like the the clean sheets for middle to bottom half teams at home like seemed to be a dying breed like when we were in the past like where home fixtures mattered Mm. and we you know usually would like those kind of four or five defenders where you could rotate and play them at home you know, we didn't see that because every game was a training ground game. So I think that that was something that, you know, I'll want to not remember. Like, you know, you're just tracking like the the top defenders and it's a lot of just like the ones that got a lot of attack, obviously, but you know, the Burnleys, the Palaces, like those, those clean sheets that, you know, when they're at home against another bottom half team, like with the crowd and the things that it's like a little bit better. So I think that we need to like to that, that was one, that was just the first thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just scrolling through the defenders top scores right now. The only guy in the top, like, I don't even know what this is. 20. That's from a bottom half team is dunk. Dunk, yeah. And he scored the, what, fucking five goals, yeah. Yeah, and then the next is Tarko at 109 points. Yeah. You know, he scored 143 yeah, big, the season before, yeah. for, for those not looking. So, yeah, yeah that, that's definitely a big one. Home away, I think, in general, is something that, like, we should have probably started ignoring earlier in this season yeah. and didn't like the, adapt yeah. to. You I know? Agree. agree with that completely. And I brought it up last week or maybe it was two weeks ago when someone was asking, like, can we take advantage of fans in the stands for the last two game weeks? And we were both like, no, it's like, you know, it's nothing. It's one game. But my example still stands of Liverpool, right? It's like they haven't had a home season this bad since, like, the 30s. Like, they're notorious for being dominant at home, especially under this team and this manager. And then they have this season. And it's like... Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to learn that, <laughs> you know, going yeah. to next season. They'll probably be good at home again, you know? Yeah. Like, United undefeated away on the season, but yeah. dog shit at home. Like, yeah. nah, that's not going to carry over. That just doesn't, like, yeah. make sense. Yeah. So that, I think, is a throwaway. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? What, anything else? That Ar- you're- well, Arturito on Twitter, this guy, <laughs> this guy wrote in, and me and him just must have the same reads and same teams in a lot of situations. But he said, when a player has an injury, we should forget about him until he shows up on the pitch. Managers never tell us the truth about injuries, period. I sold Justin on my first wild card. 
Shout outs yeah. to me because Pereira is, was supposed to be back soon. And some people started with Ferguson from Palace. <laughs> Just like the pressers get less useful every season. It's yeah. an exercise. I, I don't really know why we even participated. I think it's the type of like psychological thing where we're looking for something to confirm or what deny. we confirm want. Confirm a bias. Yeah, yeah, confirm a bias through a presser. Whereas if we just ignore them all together, we'd probably do better. Yeah, I mean, you know, you certainly are going to see the ones where, you know, it's a clear-cut thing, yes. right? Where it's like, this player it fucked himself in yes. training. And, He's but out no, for a In month. general, when you're looking for things to read between the lines, like, you just stop, I think, at that point. Yeah. And it's, like, annoying, too. The, press, the whole concept of the presser is, like, very antiquated, where it's like, you know, they do it so that, you know, these newspaper men can like get a story and a headline out before the game starts like newspapers don't exist like why do they do these like i yeah, don't the embargoed ones oh my yeah God. like then there's the it's like just stop doing this like just either i just change it whatever but it, it doesn't matter but yeah i think that that's definitely one where you know it's just like you know is ings coming back like okay get rid of players who are hurt don't get them until they actually play a minute yeah like that kind of thing is you're yeah. not going to go wrong there right not going to go wrong. And we've talked about that a lot too before, like where we, you don't have to be the first buyer. You know, you, you can, you could be the second buyer. You it's know, probably the risk is bigger. Bad it's to be the first buyer. Yeah. Cause you're taking, you're, absor- you're absorbing so much risk there. So yeah. 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 So I definitely agree with that. And then the, the other thing that came to mind when I was reading the questions was just, well, it was a weird season. There, there was a Twitter thread I posted it in our Discord, like stats and links from who got the assist oh, I have guys. That channel. I have that channel muted. <laughs> oh, really? I post, I post shit there sometimes. Uh, okay. it, it was a good thread. It was a short thread about basically like there were less 200-point scorers in the game this season than any in the last five years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's interesting. But it was the highest scoring season in five years. There was a mm, lot okay. more in the middle. There were more 100 okay. point scores, and there were a lot, one, and there were more double digit hauls than the other seasons okay. too. Okay. And again, th- this goes back to me saying, like every season's different. You know, there are seasons when there's, you know, a bunch of heavy hitters who all score over 200 and bouncing between them and hitting the caps on them. Great. That's probably great for that season. Yeah. What that? What those numbers that? that the who got the assist guys put up means to me is like, well, we didn't adapt to this season because really what we should have done is well, kept... We, I never adapt to this season. I never adapt either, but... Let's be real here. <laughs> it doesn't Let's mean it's wrong. What I said is no, wrong. You're right, we didn't you're adapt. Right, you're right. You're right. But really what that means to me is like the way to do well this season would have been keep your two, three, four max heavy hitters and bounce around on the cheap guys. Yeah. That was well, that's who did well, right? Like that's mm, I did that. <laughs> I didn't do well. You did that with I had Mo for like thirty eight weeks. Two I had, guys, you know, I had Sun for like thirty six weeks. You know, I, I mean, I had a few, but I mean, how many guys fit in that category? It's got to well, be two or three. Okay, let me. I I did do research for this pod. I, did, right, I put so the work in. Let's hear, it, baby. So my sample is you and me, <laughs> rank number one in the world. Winner of the public league, so rank 31. And then my brother's team, a.k.a. my Smurf team, 50K. Okay. Which just felt like a middle-of-the-pack sort of like, this is What'd good. you find out? So players who played more than half the season in our teams. So 19 game weeks or more in our teams. You had Mo 36 played. Sun, 29 played. And then Bruno, 19 played. That's it. Okay. I had Mo 27, Emmy 25, DS 21, Bamford 21. Okay. But the top the the other people who are better than us and did a fucking lot better than us have so many more. Kane thirty two, Mo thirty one, Bamford twenty eight, Sun twenty four, Bruno twenty four. All so those numbers are high. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Mo thirty two, Bruno thirty, Kane twenty four, Soup check twenty three off the bench. Oftentimes DCL yeah. twenty two. You know the, yeah. those kind of numbers. It's the same concept as the season before that we talked a lot about the glue guys. Like, you need to yep. find your, your Jimenez, your fucking whatever, yeah. your 6'5 yeah. guys that you hold yep. all season. They're just good. It's the exact yep. same concept. It's just the price is reversed. Right. It's like this season's glue guys were actually just Kane, Moe, and Bruno. 
or son, you know, you know, interchange yeah. with son, yeah, whatever. Heavy there weren't a lot of heavy hitters, period. Yeah, period. So those yeah. were the glue guys versus like you look at mine, right? Like I had Mo 27 was my most. I didn't start with him in game week one. Look at me with Mo. Oh, I'm proud uh, of myself. 36. I'm so proud of myself. And what he didn't play one game, right? Yeah, so there were only say, 37 eligible. You transferred him out in 30 in, in game week nine when he was yeah. COVID. Yeah, and then you brought him right back in game week ten, love and then it. you didn't I'm have him on like your free hit. And that was it. I love that. I love that. Fucking what love that? myself. If we did that. that more, I could have finished eight million. <laughs> yeah, we'd be so much that. better if we did that more. Like, so what I was gonna say, me with Mo, who's my most played player. I didn't start with him game week one. He had fucking leads. I yeah. didn't get him on game week three wild card. I brought him yeah. in game week six. I transferred him out game week nine. I brought him in game week twelve, and then I had him the rest of the season. Yeah. You realize that game week twelve not not doing this anymore, right? So Mo and Son, you had you had them forever. Bruno is yeah. your next. He's the highest scoring player in the fucking game this season. Hate you, it. He can die. You transferred him in game week two. You transferred him out in game week five wild card. You transferred him in game week eleven. You transferred yeah, him out in game week twenty seven wild that's card. That's the rest. That's a recipe for disaster. It's just a disaster. It's like a what disaster. are we doing to ourselves? You know. And obviously, you don't have a keeper up there like that. Well, that's I mean, known. I used, yeah, I used all the transfers on keepers. So yeah, that's like I at do. least have Emmy and. Yes, for like some respectability, but like the amount of transfers that you. How and many I, keepers did I play this year? Like seven. I, I'll look at next next time you speak. I'll look. It's got to be about seven. I think I have it open actually right here. Yeah, let's see. Okay, let's see. So I'm going through. <laughs> Scroll Pope thirteen. Scroll Mendy eight. Ryan seven. Leno oh, six. Ryan. Yeah, Maddie. Matty Ice. Uh, Forster got in there, right? Yeah, I'm still scrolling, still scrolling. There's got to be more. Ederson, three. Is that it? It might Six? be. I'm still scrolling. All right. A lot of guys. I, and there's like Gibbses and shit. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who featured you know in the I team walls this season. You know, I got to get Kieran <laughs> in there. So, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's fine. Right, right. You had Steele on the bench 21 times, Kep on the bench six times, Forster right, on the bench right, five right. times. We don't need yeah. to get into that. Okay. Yeah. The muck. The Still muck. five. Five. A lot. That's a lot. It's far too many. Yeah, it's, it's, it's far too many. I, <laughs> like, the ideal is, right? It's like one guy. Wild card, maybe keeper, don't next, keep. Next one guy. guy, next wild card, keeper, don't keep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal. But on that note, I mentioned this on on last week's pod. There were only four keepers who started thirty eight games this season. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, th- and this was the same thing we've seen this year. Is like the rotation is definitely like a thing. Like it's happening mm-hmm. more and more and more. Yeah. There's just more more games. You know, less time off and and more international things. Like there's just a lot of action going on. So I was wondering too because someone said something about JWP in Discord about like, wow, he played every minute of the season he this did. year. Yeah, I think and, you're like first midfielder. I think. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I guess you know, Suchek sort of fell in this line too, which is maybe maybe like a little bit of a better you know case, but just like the idea of. Picking someone like that and putting them first on your bench for like the whole year. And, you know, you're absorbing a little bit of extra money in that spot, but you can then have a non player in your team, whether it's your third yeah. forward or your right. fifth defender. So you're going to save a little bit there. So it, it kind of would come out even, but yeah, it almost structuring makes it your even, team. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like structuring your team that way next year, you know, might be a good thing because we've been talking a little bit about, you know, importance of a bench. And I know this year I I had a good, you know, I mean, I just, I always, I'm just something wrong with me, obviously, personally, but I had a good like month or two where I had a diabolical piece of shit coming off the bench and, or was not getting 11 men like for a long time. And it was bad. And I have, that's like me, that's my bread and butter, but just having someone like Suchek just first on the bench, like don't have to worry about, you know, so you're, you are playing with that extra, you know, piece of security. I mean, I like that. I, that's something that I was thinking about since, you know, game week 38 about, you know, next season, trying to, trying to be able to, to do that. Right. Yeah. It's actually interesting. Like you had 19 auto subs on the season for 45 points. Seems that's really fucking, horrible. really that's fucking awful. bad. I mean, yeah, bare minimum should be is, 
two. That's two a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But What'd the guy of this list that I made with these five teams, the rank one in the world guy had the most auto subs by a lot. He had 32. Wow. Well, was he? But I don't do the bench wanking. Because if you bench wank, you can add up 20. I guess he might have. I didn't, I didn't like look back. But he had 32 for 118 points. I had 20 that's a, for. That's deceptive, though. That's an actual deceptive thing. You need to look back because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. You know, think about how many blanks there were. Like, if people put the blanks, like you yeah, put yeah. Mo on the bench, like people do right, that right, right, shit. Right, 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 right. You know? Well. At least I know that Whedon and my brother's team didn't, so it's still yeah, like yeah. useful. You What'd know? you so have? What'd you I have? had twenty auto subs, so only one more than you, but I had sixty four points. So, so it's like still an extra bad, but game. an extra point not that per bad. auto sub. Yeah, I guess like three ish. Three is pretty is good. good. I mean, it's Pereira not a starter. Fucking Pereira milked yeah. that for me. He bumped that average up so high. Because I mean, it's not a starter, so it's like your twelfth guy shouldn't be getting more than three points a game. Yeah, my this, my know, brother's team. Did exactly what you said, right? Supchek was his fourth most played player. 23 played. Yeah. 17 auto subs for 79 points. Yeah, I mean, that's like... It's ludicrous, but dream, like dream also land. not lucky, really. Like, no, that was a, smart. Yeah, that was like an actual viable tactic. Yeah. And he just did it. I did yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, you need to get, obviously, lucky when... You know, you have that, and then yes. the weeks that it comes in that, you know, For whatever. Sure. But even though, like, even if they're returning at, you know, a one in three rate, like soup check, you know, and you're yeah. like looking at a 33%. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just increasing your odds, like, versus right. if the player coming off is, you know, Kieran Gibbs, who's going right. to, like, yeah. get one point, every, you know, whatever, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Smith so, Rowe or, uh, yeah. yeah, not nailed fucking Mitchell or, you know, yeah. whatever I mean, it is. The yeah. amount of games that I had Smith Rowe coming in for, uh, granted, he got me a lot of points in the double game week, but what every a lot of times he came off the bench for one or two right. points for me. It's just, right. it just feels bad, you know, it just feels fucking bad. So right. I, I think that that's something I'm going to try and... You disciplined about it. Yeah, it's just, you, that's the you, thing you that's so hard. You benched him 14 times, but he came in five times. You started him five that's, times, or he played yeah, five little, times. Yeah, that's a lot of times. Um, the, um, and he averaged 5.8 points. I guess he well, spiked double. it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, double yeah. was the double. 20. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so hard when we come back to the new season and we're tinkering and we always view it with like, this is it's this is going to be the time it's different, you know? and. Mm. Putting extra money in these places when you could, you know, shed 0.5 here, shed 0.5 there and, you know, get like the defender from Everton instead of like Brighton. And like, I like my team so much more. It's like that like might not be enough better than having a good bench guy compared to a dog shit piece of shit. And and then the other side of the coin is who knows what next season is going to present us. There might be a 4-0 who's... Yeah. Incredible. Like Cund- and Kundalini. Yeah, Kundalini. And he's just, he, everyone just starts him every week because he's just so good. You know, I mean, that, that was like the 1B year, you know? Yeah. And and uh, what's his name? Lundstrom also was just like, Lundstrom, yeah. Fucking get, it, get in immediately. Yeah. So that's why I, Dallas, that's why I that wanted to start with like, year. what can you learn? Because it does seem well, like I think- those kind of things are sometimes like, yes, that happened this season you know there were tons of yeah. cancellations and covid and auto subs and blanks and like that's what happened this season but yeah that doesn't mean that happens every season so i think that you know we were you know obviously baseball's like our first kind look of my, like my degrom yeah i mean that's like where we come into things and how yeah. we viewed you know that's where we kind of view sports through that lens and yeah you know, we were talking about, you know, on Billy's pod with Theo talking about Theo Epstein is like, you know, won yeah, a couple who is World he? Series. No one, no one gen- knows who general, he is. General yeah. manager of a couple of different teams, won a couple of World Series in Chicago and Boston, whatever. And, you know, he's one of the smartest sports minds I've ever heard yeah. speak. Easily. And, you know, the, the main thing that he's talking about is that, like, we don't know anything. Like, we know, like, 3%. Yeah. And we're just trying to, like, kind of barter and, and, and deal in the shadows of, you know, not knowing a lot of stuff. And that, I think, resonates with, with FPL. And I think yeah. it's, like, 
every season we do this, right? We do the finish and the beginning and the this, the thingy, the thing, then we try to like make links to the, the and they're, you know, frankly, they're just not that many. Like there are little right. like pieces of kernels that you can kind of think of like, oh, there's a correlation. Like, I mean, like Cresswell, right? Like talking right. about, well, okay, those set pieces, like when we'll, I'm sure we'll get there. But when you can find those little kernels of things, it's like, you know, even like goalkeepers, like, oh yeah, like, well, the goalkeepers that are on this kind of, these types of teams who let up shots, like they do this, they're cheap. Like those are the things that you try to like replicate, which makes sense. But in general, it's like, you know, you can't, you know, sit here and be like, oh yeah, like, well, when, when whoever like is like Lingard next year, like after he scores two weeks straight, I'm going to buy him. Like, it's like, you know, you can't do that. And it's just kind of like accepting that we don't know that much. But then also I think, coming into like your intuition about, you know, seeing things and like feeling patterns and, and, you know, being reminded of those kind of things yeah. and years pass and having those things just like reside in your like, you know, muscle memory or in whatever. your gut. That's what I was yeah. going to say. This is kind of what trust your gut yeah. means, right? Because yeah. there's far too much information in the last 10 years in the last 20 years of us following sports, yeah. 25 years to, to yeah. actually recall and like, you know, present as like, a memory yeah. or a fact or whatever, but yeah. your gut is a weird amalgamation of all of that information. Yeah. And I think it's like, that was just, it's like with like Everton defense, right? Like at the end of the year, that's something that gave me so many points where I'm just like, you know, when you watch a team play a certain way, like so many times and you're just like, okay, like, no, I don't care about DCL or Rich. Like, they just don't create chances, but they're tight, you know? And it's like, I don't really like, okay, the stats or whatever, the fixtures yeah, are yeah. so good for goals. It's like, but they just don't do it. And 1 0, 2 0, like, what? They don't ever score more than two yeah, goals. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, just being able to kind of push away, it's like, push those things out of like, oh, yeah, Sheffield United, Newcastle, like West Brom, like so many goals. And then it's just like 1 0. 2 nil, 1 nil, and it's right. like, oh, yeah, like, not, that's not how this still, team, you know. Still Everton, yeah. And it's like, you know, even things like now, it's like you said, with so much information, right, it's like, well, okay, well, the the left flank of Leeds, they let up so many more chances than the right flank, or like, right, right, right. Fulham yeah. down the spine have more shots conceded than on the right, so like, Kane's better than, it's like, yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, what there's, are you, like, just more think about the game. than ever. Yeah. You know, there really is. It's like thinking about the game in the way that you think the game's going to kind of work out and, you know, what feels like a thing. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I think, yeah. I think that I mean, the, that's, it's tough to balance it. Obviously, the stats are, are helpful, but then it also yeah. can get prescriptive where you're just like kind of following like a zombie. And the stats are also what? 50 years behind something like baseball in terms of yeah, like, I mean, you know, who knows how far along into advanced stats, like how much they know, how much yeah. data they have, et cetera. Yeah. Like maybe a hundred years. Like I, yeah, I, I don't know. even, baseball's existed for so long. Like, and it's a stop, go one V one sport, basically, you know, yeah. whereas like soccer is the most like fluid, Dynamic. high variance, low yeah. event sport. So it's, it yeah. just, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's, it's a lot of good stuff from, from Theo up there, daddy Epstein. Um, <laughs> let's go to the bandwagons, the unsustainable bandwagons. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about them through the end of the season, but, um, Got some questions here. So, Jeff, you said you touched on this already during the season, but I'm wondering if you have any fresh thoughts on how to get better and bring in the players who are scoring points, even when the source of those points seems unsustainable. I feel like my season was defined by my refusal to get guys because of some narrative about their output not being sustainable. For example, Spurs are scoring all their very few weird chances. They don't create anything else. It's always Kane to Sunders on to Kane. They can't keep this up. Or it's Gundo. He can't keep doing this. Uh, yeah, they couldn't keep up their output, but I missed them so many points. Just yelling C when they dropped off wasn't very satisfying. And then Paul M followed up like in the end, I didn't even enjoy my moral superiority and refusing to buy Gundo and Lingard and Willick. Um, some on Twitter too. Red Arrow said, how much time should we look at to identify form in a player? I'm thinking Lingard, Iannaccio, DCL before we jump on. And then also Jewel Runner and, and Pratiak asking about when to jump off. So just, you know, yeah. I think we, we have kind of like laser focus on this last like 10 game weeks or something about yeah. the bandwagons. But what have you, have you gathered anything, you know, going into next season and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the main issue with it is that 
you know, when you're looking for like the stats based, like sustainability, mm. you're literally never going to find that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're talking about a bandwagon, you're not talking about Kane. Right. And think about a player like Kane where the underlying stats are like, he shoots six times a game for, you know, I'm yeah. obviously pulling that out of thin air, but like when he's doing the things, like he's, he has all of them, right? And yeah, yeah. bandwagons are bandwagons because they're they're not like the best play. Like Mo, like we don't need like look at most stats. Like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you watch the game and you know you have the years back of history. That's why he's a premium player. That's why he's like like right. a heavy hitter. You know, right? Right. So with the, I think it's like you you shouldn't look at stats when you're looking at like Gundo or Lingard, right? And instead you just watch like how is the team playing? What's his positional role? And like, can this happen for the next month or two? Right. And if the answer is like, I think it might, then you probably should just buy the player because form is obviously a fleeting, like a fiction of our, a figment of our imaginations. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, they could be like fucking their side piece for two months and they're just so happy and they're just scoring it with their shot instead of like not scoring with their shot when they're, you know, not fucking their side piece. I don't know. (laughs) But it's like when you, when you like, but when you're looking for the stats to like back it, like the stats aren't going to back it because this isn't Kane. This isn't Mo. This is fucking Leandro Trossard. Like this is (laughs) like, fuck it, you know? What I was going to say with the stats is, is exactly that. But what I do think the stats can tell you is like, they can be indicators of potentially what's happening. Like in the same way that you're saying, like if you look at something and they score a goal and you're like, can this happen? I think like what we've seen with these players in particularly like Gundo, Nacho, Bale, more than like Lingard and, and Willock is like their stats were kind of off the page, but it was just for two games. Right. You know, and it was just like, well, Gundo's a DM, so that's just not yeah. going to happen. You know, he's not going to yeah. keep shooting six times and be in the box for every big chance, but it did. Right. And it's yeah. sustained for, you know, two months, 12 game weeks. He scored in 12 game weeks, he scored 70.7% of his points. Yeah, that's insane. But that's all of these guys. I did that for all of these guys. Lingard, 11 game weeks, only 10 matches because one of them was United. Yeah. 84% of his points. Yeah. Iannaccio, 15 weeks. His is different because he wasn't even playing, but that's 90.9% of his points. Bale had like two extremely short stretches because he's fucking injured in Bale. He had three matches where he scored 31% of his points and six matches where he scored 38% of his points. And then the last one, Willick, I was just all at the end of the season, basically all of his points. But yeah, I do think like, it is important to look at the stats to just sort of reinforce what you're seeing or potentially seeing even. Um, but yeah, in the end, it's like you said, and I totally agree, it's never going to be sustainable. You're never going to see like a shot on target percentage that's like, oh yeah, this is realistic from a guy that's probably not going to continue it for the whole season. He has to be running crazy hot and I think... Right. Again, like the Theo, I, I'll put it in the show notes if people want to listen. But the Theo Epstein um, podcast that you were just referencing before, like he talked about confidence and vibe and like the player, you know, the mood, the locker room, yeah. the psyche. The like, yeah, I mean, he put it so simply when he said, like, well, how is your mood affected at work? Yeah. If you go into your office and it's, fucking shitty and unorganized and you have a prick for a boss and an annoying coworker that you sit next to versus like something you care about and believe in and you like right. your boss and you're friends with your coworkers. Like how does that affect you a lot? You know? So sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta go for them. I think is really yeah. my takeaway from like yeah. 10 years of <clears throat> FPL is Sometimes it just fucking happens, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's it. I mean, and then also, which is the, the difficult thing is where you started off talking about, right, that idea of the, the glue guys, right, where the mm. glue guys like this year were really the premium players. Yeah. And these guys to jump on and off are these, you know, mid-price players versus the season's pass where, you know, the glue guys are like Jimenez or whatever, right? Those yeah. those mid-price players so that you could, you know, hop on and off. It's, it's, it's like it was like it, a little bit of a different game this yeah, year. Yeah, if this that. was a – like the thing that you would change – to make this a slightly more normal season wouldn't be I don't think more glue guys it would just be more heavy hitting options 
you know, like if Mane was hitting all season and Kev and Sterling and, you know, Fardy, whatever. Because then I mean, Kev would, played half a season. But he didn't score the points to show it, is what I mean. Mane played well, the whole season. he had 18 season. returns. I mean, he still, he did get a lot of returns. He just didn't play that many games. Right, but... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, no, I know glue guy mean. a whole season as, ownership as a, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there, because there were glue guys this season. There was Bamford, there was Ollie, there was DCL for the first half of the season. You know, there was yeah. leads all over. The leads defenders, leads midfielders, like, whatever, yeah. all over the place. They're just, yeah, it was just hard to adjust to yeah, the... Grealish uh, for a while. Yeah, the lack of heavy hitters is really what's the big change, yeah. but... Yeah, and then as for getting rid of them, I mean, in my head, I've just basically accepted that, like, you just have to treat each player and situation differently. And these guys, like, from this season, as soon as they don't look good... Two blanks. Or two blank, blanks, two bad games, just fucking get rid of them. Just get rid immediately. Yeah. yeah. Like, in almost none of the cases were you punished. I, I don't really remember yeah. a time of getting punished in that. They basically all, like... Price rose like crazy, a million transfers in, like blah, 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 blah. And then they just fell off. Yeah, except for Vardy in Game of 38. <laughs> right, two pence. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, so... That, so I mean, yeah, so that's being more ruthless, right? Just being just more, be ruthless, more ruthless, don't get attached, and just be like, these are punts who I didn't expect to sustain. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the points while I got you. Yeah. couple bad games, you know, who's the next, like, good-looking guy? Right. And the, the thing, the thing is, and again, uh, you correctly brought up the the glue guys or lack of glue in this, se- this weird season. It's like you need to have the transfers to spend on these guys. Yeah, and if you're putting out other fires, then you're not going to be able to, you know, do the if Lingard. You, if you're yo-yoing Mo and Bruno out of your team, yeah, or if you have like five or six keepers in 38 game weeks, it's tough. You're it's not tough. getting the guys, like, because you not, you, yeah. you don't want to. You especially don't want to hit in these guys because they're fucking because no, they could disappear. They could disappear when you buy them. Like they yes. could do. They could start doing being bad immediately when you buy immediately. them. Immediately, and, and then a, you are, and then you have to get rid immediately because the yeah. same rule applies. Yeah, but it yeah. is it is almost comforting in a way to be like, man, I could have had like a hundred eighty more points if I just jumped on these two guys a little bit sooner. You know, like yeah. wow, my rank wouldn't have even been that bad just from doing two moves. A little bit earlier yeah. than you than you did them, you know. It's like, yeah, it's pretty wild how much it, yeah. it affects it. But yeah, I mean that's that's a big one from this season for sure. And there were other guys that were like sort of on the list, but none of them as as big as as these ones. I think. Um, yeah, that's that's that that's that. We got a couple Man City questions. Um, Any good ones? Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, Paul. Paul Imey said, "Are minutes the most valuable FPL stat?" Which that's a good question on its own. But then he said, "It seems like Pep has reached his final Super Saiyan form of rotation this year, when literally no one <laughs> played often enough." <laughs> would you consider? Would you consider going without any of their players next year, even though they'll probably win the league again? And then M. Bear said, "Do City players actually score enough points for us to justify the required funds on the bench to cover for their rotation?" Well, I mean that's partially not true, right? That's kind of some recency bias there. When they've been, they walked the league for the last ten game weeks, and Completely they had other agree. competitions that are more important, right? So that's let's put that where it belongs. It's obviously always worth the risk. Like this team scores yep. points for fucking fun, and yep. you know, part of it is just also being lucky, right? Being lucky of you know getting the right guy in for the right month or two stretch where they, you know, bang in the Gundo points, you know, that that's, it's, you're, I think you're just kind of foolish if you just disregard completely because the rewards are worth the risk here when, when you push the buttons the right way. Unlike, you know, Lester, for example, just throw a (laughs) random team out there that you could ignore and be fine (laughs) doing, you know, Diash played every fucking minute he could handle in the league, you know, until probably my best, probably my best move of the season. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think categorically or, or doing something like that's a little bit, you know, you don't, don't have to go there, but it's just still, it's still, you you know, you just, you know, you know, prepare yourself, right? You're going to get the guys, he's going to not start sometimes. And, you know, you're, so yeah. that's, you know, again, right. It makes it 
that much more important that you do have like someone somewhat decent on the bench yeah. to come in. If if you're running two city attackers, you better fucking have a guy who's going to be first on the bench who you're not going to want to you know shoot yourself in the foot if he comes yeah. in. Yep. So I think it's just that's the, that's how you have to look at it. Yeah, and, and the worth it thing also is just one of the most common misunderstandings of this game is that you have to spend all of your budget to have the best team. And we just right. know that isn't true. Just accept right. that going in, that right. maybe spending six on your first guy on the bench is actually fine. And yeah. then build your team, you know? like So you just yeah. have to know and, that. And it's, all, it's like the more, too, because like I couldn't have tuned out more of like what people were talking about in the FPL world yeah. as the end of the season. We don't do that And much. I did so much better. Yeah, I know. Like, in the beginning of the season when I'm sitting there, like, fucking panic stations, like, oh my god, like, everyone has this player, like, I have to get him, or everyone is not doing this, like, everyone's captaining this player, like, I, if I don't captain this player, I'm fucked. Like, yeah. when I just started captaining Bale for hat tricks and captaining, like, you know, guys who yeah. no one is captaining, but, like, I just, like, see something or I just feel so, like, I just, like, not only feel better, but I do better, so... Right. I mean, doing that at the beginning of the season, too, seems like well, something I... I Let's let's go there because that was another one of the main topics that people asked about and it's important the start of the season and falling behind and stuff like that and yeah. we got three questions all related. Ray said, "Is there value going extremely safe to start the season? Every season so unpredictable. It seems smart to not overthink it. For example, two three attackers managed by Fat Frank. What about fifteen yeah. <laughs> nailed known quantities and a game week one bench boost? Well, the bench boost ignore that. We'll talk about that in preseason maybe, but." And then Chuck followed up. He said, to feed off Ray's question, is it better to start the season with high EO guys and make your moves from the template as the season progresses? For example, the season, if you fell behind early season, Kane and Sun Halls, it became nearly impossible to recover in rank. And lastly, LR said, I think you boys are heavily eye test reliant like me. That and the other trends mainly emerge after 10 or so weeks, which is when we start zagging in other directions. Is that why going safe in the, at the top works? Also, just thinking if you have a terrible start, it might lead to trying too hard, at least for me, to correct bad starts try and shortcut away that leads to poor decision making so you were just talking about your start well you were talking about how your you ended so well and how you could use that at your start but i do think there's some validity in just like give me the most vanilla team ever gimmick one because our strengths are finding the other guys later almost you know what i mean like yeah. I want to just be with the pack. Like, just but keep I feel me like in the Peloton, are. and we'll break away later. But we, I feel like we usually do kind of do that. Do you, you think know? so? Yeah, I really do. Like, I think our Game Week 1 kind of teams in general, like, we have, like, maybe two players in there that are, like, fucking mad shouts that no one has. Like, DCL this year right. or like Gomis that year or you know something like that right but I think in general like we're pretty safe I mean I, you didn't have Mo this year which would be like you know I had Mo and like the you know I, I had all the things like you this year it was guys, just like though. you had you had you had team I'm Jota. looking at Game of Quant. you had Timo Kai Trossard Obbs Jota yeah well Obbs Mitchell. was in the team this year what? Obs was in every team in Game Week 1. Remember yeah, he when he had Fulham and the other one? The yeah, first two games? 2.8 million selected by, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, Werner, Kai, Trossard, Jota, like that's pretty, yeah, that feels I mean, pretty I, you punty. Know, you got a know? couple of things over here, whatever. But I think in general, it's like, I think there isn't, I don't think this is a thing that you can make a, a rule though, because it's the same thing every year where it's like, okay, we also have like Trent and Robbo Game Week 1, because like, oh yeah, yeah, they shat points last year and they yeah, have yeah. fucking nightmares. Like yeah. the year before, it's like, oh, Man United, they kept 20 clean sheets. Like, let's get two of them. They were fucking nightmares. Like yeah. Chelsea, this we did the same thing with Chelsea a few years ago, but right? Saying, but I think the point is that that's okay if everyone else is suffering the same things. But I don't care about everyone else. Like well, I think I, that we That's what your rank is though. Like no, I don't I, care but I, either, but I want my rank to but be you better. Still, <laughs> but I still wanna like I think it's still like a, a balancing act of, you know, picking some guys that you know are have a safe that are safe, but you also want to like, like, cause the, the, tr like, Trissard got a bunch of points for me in the beginning, but like, Jota never played a game for Wolves and that was a fucking lunacy. Yeah. But like, I think you, you need to get lucky. Like, you, I think you need to shoot some shots there and get lucky if you see something that you like to, to go for it in game week one. Also, I don't because, know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Because no, no, no game week one team had fucking Sun and Kane. It was the game week three teams that had Sun and Kane, and then they flew. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Is like that's also almost like a recency bias. Literally, no template teams had either of them. Right? Like they weren't in either team. I don't know. And everyone was like, okay, right now. Everyone's like, okay, well, Man United and City, they don't play game week one, so you have to get them game week two. Like everyone was just like, how do I jockey? Like who do I want? Kane, Kane was under a million picked game week one. And Sun was 1.7 million picked, actually. So, not crazy punty. Yeah. That's pretty but, high, I actually. mean, it's still... But, yeah, I mean, no one well, had Kane. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, he got that goal and four assists in game week two. Yeah, I mean, and that's luck. Like, there's an element of luck. And then, and then there's like, okay, well, he did the huge, enormous thing with five goals. And then, you know, a million people bought him. And then he just kept doing it. And, you know, you just then that just is a runaway train. So, you, I but mean, there's got to be that. that's a different discussion, right? Because that's... We're talking about transfers there. Like, if everyone yeah. started with Kane and we didn't and he had the season that he had, then I would be like, yeah, that was obviously just a huge mistake. Yeah. We should have just right. started with the, the guy, right. the obvious guy. Right. Okay. That's a different thing. It's like we should have jumped on the bandwagon. Bandwagon is like a weird word because we're using it for the unsustainable guys and like the superstars. But no, we should have just got him. Just we should have just Kane got earlier. them because they're good players and they've always yeah. been good players. And if Kane's fit, he's really good. End of. But in terms of like, yeah, I don't know. Let me look at my game week one team, see what fucking psycho picks I have. I uh, Justin, who is actually great. Uh, KWP and Ali Pulisic. Well, he's nailed. Timo. We both had yeah, Timo. Well, we all. I mean, that was. And a then big I went. Ma- I went Mane over Mo. Yeah. Well, like, that so actually he- didn't end up being terrible because you captained him in game week two, and he got a brace. But he got the same points as. But, but it's still like yeah. Then it was terrible. <laughs> like yeah. no, From no. that point on, you lost you like know? five points, and then he was bad. Yeah. And then I had to use a transfer to get him to Mo eventually because obviously Mo yeah, is no, inevitable. For sure. For sure. For sure. So I do think there is some validity, and I I do think it's. A little bit boring and a bummer, but it, it's something that I'm interested in trying because, again, I just think like if I could have just hung around longer, not been you know basically three million for the first seventeen game weeks of the yeah. season, just hung around a little longer, I could have maybe had this a similar shaped ending, but this but from yeah. a better starting point, you know? Yeah, but I mean, this is the same. I mean, for me, like I had like a two hundred k. I was like two hundred k after the first game. Like I yeah. had a fucking bang. I was like, wow, I'm gonna this is gonna be my best season I've ever done. And I immediately plummeted and tanked from there onward. Yeah. And it's like then to me, it's like, okay, actually I did pick a really good game week one team. Obviously, I just well, didn't adapt appropriately. But, like I didn't do a good job from but there. Let's look at what happened. You captained a hat trick in Mo in game week one. Right. That was all of your that was the majority of your points. And then you had to take a hit. To get rid of some of your punts <laughs> immediately, game week two hit. That didn't help, you know. Like it, it. it I, I got gotcha. you. It right. comes back to it, you know. So I don't like that you're throwing facts at me. Well, I. This is what happens <laughs> I prefer, when I do the research. I, I prefer it if you didn't know this. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of hilarious. If game week two, you hit out Jota Kai already because it's just like, well, fuck me. They're well, not I playing. had a player who was transferred out and a right back who was an A5 fucking mid, so I had oh to. Oh, my God. At oh least you got in Bruno before getting him out on your wild card three weeks after that. Don't even yeah. worry about that, bro. God damn it. And then, like, yeah, Kane, you. The live FPL had a has a great like savior season data thing, and they have this player analysis. I, I think that's not great. I don't want that. I don't want to save any seasons. The delete, the good delete, part of it delete. is the second tab on the spreadsheet that is player analysis, and it's just simply who helped you the most versus the top ten k. How much? How many points you gained over the top ten k, and how many points you lost versus the top ten k? Kane fucked you so hard. You just like didn't own Kane. Yeah, you had no. a pro, like five so game weeks or something. Who fucked who? I didn't get fucked. I you was doing the fucking. I knew what I was doing the whole Kane. time. I knew what I was doing the so whole time. So you were time, allowing baby. the fucking to happen? Yeah. No one fucked me. <laughs> I'm in still, charge of it. It's still fucked. No, it was not fucked. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyed every minute of it. And Sun did sim- similarly, but not as bad to me as to what Kane did to you. Um, gentle lovers, yeah, kind lovers, giving lovers, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, start of the season. Always always a it's problem just point. this is this thing that's so sick about it though, is that like you know, the game's gonna come out in a couple months again and it's gonna be like, Oh my god, like this is so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so so good. good. And then we're gonna have our fucking things and then we're gonna sit here, you know, a few games in the bank, like, wow, we are so bad. Yep. yep. Well this is okay. let's Let's go on to just the rando Ugh. questions, not Yikes. the category questions anymore. This is probably going to be a one and a half hour long pod, but we're getting there. So the first question is null, very related to what you just said. He said, now that it's over, was FPL worth it this year? And the answer is always yes. Yeah, I mean, it's the best thing in my life. That's the thing. It's always <laughs> yes. Don't tell my wife and my kid. Barely understands English at this point, so we're fine there, but it's just the best thing. You can it's whisper so it to him when you like tuck him in. Like, yeah. Oh, I feel you're going to play one day. It's going to ruin your shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's going to fuck your whole shit up. Yeah, no, it's, it's always worth it. It was, today was, I mean, today, this season was definitely like the grindiest, for all of the reasons we've talked about, grindiest season it was tough it was really fucking tiring and tough at points and at the end i'm still like yeah can't fucking wait for next year hope i do can't wait can't wait to see the prices who's gonna be where you know all the can't wait for euro we're taking one week off we're fucking what did i say last week gross fantasy perverts that's what we are and that's what you are you fucking listen to our podcast you listen to us are you kidding me you're listening to this you fucking pervert you're in our fucking discord i know who you are we know you. you You're pervert. a fucking pervert. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't watch Walsh in his fucking bedroom. You, you don't want to know about fucking Yelmaz and his record <laughs> for fucking Turkey. You, you're going to listen, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I saw you didn't start today, actually. The friendly so No, it was like their B team or something. Okay, it's not, okay, not okay. a big deal. Okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, Chester's just reemphasizing the importance of avoiding sideways moves. We talked about that already. Quicon Jim or Kikon Jim, he said, I found Walsh's take on last spot on Salah not being a good explosive captain option rather interesting. Are there other guys whose Wait, play how st- that, how'd that work out? Genius. Are yeah. there other guys whose play style and output appears to be changing to make them less appealing for the captaincy or FPL points in general for next season? Tough I mean, question. Dude, yeah, that's that's a big a that big might broad be a precog preseason yeah. question. Yeah, that's a pre that's a precogger. We okay. we also need to know like who's at what team and who's coaching what team because right. you know that that's, whole thing's gonna start overdriving yeah, the, the after rumors, the Euros and shit. So. Yeah, my my transfer. I mean, my Twitter notifications are gonna be shut off like very soon because once it's rumor season, it's just fucking yeah, it's a fucking garbage. headache. It's, it's so disastrous. So, it's so bad. Yeah. No, uh, and I mean, I still don't even know what the conference, you know, championship, you know, know what conference is. America, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know <laughs> who's in it. USA. I don't know when the game. I don't know what that means. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of factors, but yeah. we'll definitely, we'll definitely cover that. Yeah, we'll definitely cover that. Jono, in weeks where there's a strong template captain, um, this is another thing that we talk about like every same season. Same fucking question. I know. We're same question every season, yeah, but I, I f- still feel like we don't have an answer. No Could it be a game theory optimal to always cap a differential pick only yeah. only if you own the template pick too? Something about only risking missing out on half the points, chasing the upside. Yeah. Can someone just link us to an article that someone else wrote? About with this, I, it needs maths. to include math. Yeah, no, because yeah. you have to be a fucking mathematician to even figure this out. Yeah, but um, yeah. I still think you need to just like do the T read and just go with what you feel because you just just you just gotta pick. You know, I don't think that it's also a good thing in this kind of case to just be prescriptive and just like. Be auto, be an automaton with like well when these numbers are the thing then you do the thing because yeah, no, that, that you can also either. yeah yeah I mean just because it's like a fifty six to forty four doesn't mean that like that's going to be good like if you hit the lower percentage a few times and spike some things then you're fucking flying you know there's so much luck with that also so well, also, I think you just gotta like re- look at the game you know you just gotta check yourself and read also, it and just I, pick, make a make a call I said this on last year's postmortem it still holds true it's also not as important as it as it feels. For example, you had almost a hundred more captain points than my brother's team. 
Get fucked. And you finished 300,000 places lower. Get fucked. <laughs> Captains, obviously, if you do really well, obviously the top guys that I took the numbers for. Did he take a minus 24 numbers. this year? <laughs> so you had 80 <laughs> points worth of hits. I had 100, clean 100 points. Clean Honda, all right, bro. Brother seems 16. Easy. Rank 31 in the world, 52. Rank 1 in the world, 36. All right. So, like, they hit. They take hits. They hit. Yeah. yeah. Hits are fun. Hits are good sometimes. Okay. Wary Painter, a takeaway I have from this season that a lot of the reliable heavy hitters from previous seasons have dropped off with no one replacing them, which left us not a lot of alternatives. Wow, it's like he already listened to the pot. Um, comparing with previous seasons, there are way less players around 15-plus goals. Do you think this is a one-season blip? Or is it City less scoring, having less returns spread out? Is there anybody who might move into being a viable premium option? Seems like there's only a few players who would be confident in getting around 200 points heading into next season. Yeah. I think, you know, that's that's the good part of the question, right? That last part, like who's going to make the jump? You know, who who are going to be the potential players who are, mm-hmm. you know, 8-5 or lower that are going to be performing like double-digit players? Right. I mean, I think to me the, the most interesting is Villa. You know, I mean, Jack, Ollie, you know, they, they played a full season here. Ollie did, and he, you know he definitely looks like he had more than than he had on the on the score sheet. Yeah. And you know when Jack plays, they're just they're a different animal. And yeah. you know I think that they could both you know get into that kind of upper upper echelon more than they did. I mean we'll see what the price hikes look like, but you know those those are places that's a place I'm interested in. And you know same with Leeds, you know we have to see who they buy. But if they're going to play a similar style, and they're yeah. not going to be you know they're going to be at eight five or lower all their players again, I'm sure they're still got mid table team. You know, it's it's you know those those two teams to me yeah, are I mean, the Bam- ones that jump out. Bamford put up one ninety four. Yeah, like, I mean, he's basically there anyway. Crazy. Yeah, and Jack on pace for this season for two eleven. Yeah, so you know those are those are probably going to be underpriced players. So if you think that what you saw this year was real, and you know they're going to get the price hike, but you know you you feel comfortable that they're going to be able to kind of replicate that, then you're probably yeah. going to be in the black on those ones. So right, you know. Yeah. Are there any other teams besides Villain Leeds? I mean, I shouted. Did you have anything in mind? Well, yeah, two things. I mean, I was going to say the transfer market, <laughs> just straight yeah, up. We don't know. We don't know, but it seems that those guys often come in like maybe 0.5 or 1 cheaper. It doesn't cheaper. always work out. Like in yeah. Timo's case, he had a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but, you know, in Mo's case, he was 9 or nine whatever. 9.5, I think. 9.5, yeah. even though he's a starting forward for Liverpool, you know? So that... Often no, nine, you're itself. right. He was nine. Holy shit, dude. He was, he was nine. nine. And he He's fucking... 45 returns. <laughs> <laughs> the record for goals in the season. He started yeah. at nine. Like, Not bad. That's pretty crazy. But the other one I was going to say is just the underperformers. You know, like like yeah. Timo. Raz. Like Vardy. Like Raz. Like Mane. Yeah. Like Kev. Did Kev... I don't think Kev. Well, oh yeah, but he had all the miss, but he still had a lot of points. Dude, I know, somehow. but he was the seventh w- yeah, the lowest discrepancy yeah. of his goal. Yeah. Like if he scored those goals, he yeah. would have been a monster, even yeah. though he missed time. You know, and so I definitely think the underperformers are are a place to look because again, they 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 have a chance of coming in underpriced. You know, and it's it's probably just a blip. Like you don't just like lose all your finishing ability out of nowhere. That's just like not a thing. So. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know what they're going to do with Kev next year. I don't know what they're going to do with Kev. I mean, the the early rumors are Jack to City. Like, what the fuck would they... No, but I'm just saying, like, for projecting, like, what would they do with that price? Like, are they really going to go from 7.5 to 10.5? I I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to be over, like, 8.5. I know, I'm just saying, if that transfer happened, I think they'd have to. They'd have to. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and also, like, even someone like Jesus. Like, what about w- again, that's the transfer market thing. We don't know if City are going to buy a replacement striker. But if not, and Jesus is projected to play 3,000 minutes or 2,500 minutes because it's Pep, it's like, fucking, yeah, he's going to score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. He played 2,000 this year. He only had nine and five. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, go. I, well, that's I, what's next. I believe in him. 
Okay. Uh, Liam said targeting fixtures for captaincy was a big brain strategy this year, but considering how teams change over the season, for example, Leeds, do you need to be more adaptable with our views on which yeah. teams we're targeting yes. moving forward? I yes. found myself falling behind yes. the trends, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's just a, a huge... Million. That's a yes across the board in FPL, though. And like, I think that's... Like, you have to actually watch the games. Like, I think, like, Newcastle's, like, a really good case here because yeah. Yeah. they went through, like, so many different phases of they play. Like eight seasons this yeah, season. Yeah, like, they would have, like, the three games where they were inept and completely incompetent, and then all of a sudden they would park and be really tight and good. And then they'd do that for, like, a month or two. And then he'd play, like, an extra attacker for a couple games, yeah. and they would be, like, fast and loose again, like... You and, need to be able to figure that out and not just say, like, oh, they're playing Newcastle, like, auto cap right, because Newcastle right. was kind of a really bad fixture, like, for a lot of the year, even though, yeah. you know, we, we get those, the first month and it's like, wow, this is the worst team in the league. Like, yeah. we, we can cap against them safely when actually, no, that's not how the season were born out, you know? Yeah, and Leeds, obviously, a great example. Yeah. Like, no, the no one games. who was paying attention to FPL was capping them towards the end of the season. And yeah. early doors, against if you didn't them. cap against, against them. them uh, sorry, yeah. against them. And early doors, if you didn't cap against them, you were just yeah. falling you were way behind. Idiot. Yeah, yeah they were insane. conceding four and five, actually, like for fun, Six, for clown shows. Seven, like, yeah, it's just yeah. ridiculous. So that's so a good I, one. But that's it's just, it has to, you have to be, you know, just paying attention. Like, you just have to be watching. You have to be paying attention. Yeah, we talked about home and away. We talked about some of this. So, last question is LR again. He said, make sense of Timo for me. I was always a high chance involvement type of person, but I've been punished this season by Werner and Raz. And at one point, KDB didn't finish their chances. How do we balance this chance involvement rate with elite finishing? You know, XG over performance, randomness. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no. Again, to me, there's no generalization here where yeah, you can make a rule really and isn't. apply it to all. Like, you watch Timo, and you know, you're just watching a broken man for a year. Yeah. and you know, you don't need to keep. You know, game week four, game week. Seven game week 13, game week 22, you know, he's just continually a fuck up. And you, you need to just like put that into one place of like, he's a mess. It's not working for him this year. It's not going to happen this year. Just put it out of your mind yeah. and just kind of forget he's there. You know, it's, it's, the it's other just, thing to remember is half their season was a disaster with Frank Lampard yeah, at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. But it's also, it's just like you're, you know, you're still dealing with like a small sample size yeah. of 38 game weeks. Yeah. So you have to just make quicker, I think quicker, more like decisive calls of just like, this doesn't look like it's happening. If I'm proven wrong, it's not going to hurt because no one owns this guy anyway. Yeah. yeah that's so another like thing. just be okay, like getting rid and be okay, you know, missing on some points and yeah. being like, You'd rather be like, oh, I was right, and then you buy him after he had two braces and he looks like he's good again, yeah. rather than like, oh, I was wrong and I held him for two months where he scored yeah. you know, 18 and, points in that time span. And specifically to LR, who asked the question earlier about you know how to start and that affecting his decision-making through the season, I think that's a good example, right? We, Him and me were keeping and captaining Timo in that run, Probably because we felt the need to like chase and catch up to the cane yeah. and sun owners right. and whatever, you know, more than like actually You're just putting bad objective. money before good. Exactly. Instead of just making the good decision. And right. if, if we miss a Timo hat trick, we miss a Timo hat trick, we'll get him back, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's only you and a couple other dozen of his family members who are going to miss <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. The confidence okay. thing is like. It is very. It, I love how like unknown it is. It's like a total voyage yeah. into the unknown. Because I was even yeah. thinking, I watched match of the day, and like there was one point where Tiago played this like incredible perf inch perfect ball to Mo over the top, controls it perfectly. He's behind the defense. If he side passed it to Mane, it's a tap in. Yeah. Why would he do that? But how could you side pass it to Mane after this season? But actually, like, how could he do that? He just played 37 weeks of like, if I pass this guy, he's going to fuck it up. I have to drag this team over the line if we're going to make Champions yeah. League. Like, that matters, you know? Like, that yeah. affects players. Timo, I'm sure it's the same, man. Like, they were so bad at the beginning of the season and dysfunctional. It's just like, I got to do it all on my own. I got to score 40 goals this season. Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, that shit wears, wears, wears you down. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> Um, that's it, man. That's for que that's that's questions. Right. We don't have to do our teams. We don't have to do captains. All right. We How do, do you have... think it's going so far? I think it went well. How did I do? 
I'm happy with your performance. Oh my god, that pause, dude. My life flashed before my eyes. I didn't expect you to ask me like that. It's like, what are we going to talk about? Same same thing happened. Well, the final post-mortem anus lap, last anus lap of the FPL season is Raj Athwal. You're a legend and a god. Get in there. Huge thanks also just to all of our Patreons. All of our Patreon subscribers, you you keep the pod up and running. You actually keep the pod up and running. We love to do it. We love you all for letting us do it. <laughs> supporting us. Do it if you guys were no, doing we this. a million percent. A million would do percent. It. Would I'd not be working be doing it. a fucking nine to five, and we'd be texting during game days. We would have Pod Boys text said, which is just us, Derek, Jason, and Nate. That's it. That would that's be it. FBL, and also my rank would be like. 600,000 places higher, but that's besides the point. Um, But yeah, we wouldn't be doing this without you, so thank you so much to everyone. Seriously. Yeah, thanks. Thank you all. And uh, with that, I will ask you the final question. Any last words? That was a good job by you today, buddy. And I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Absolutely see you tomorrow. At FMLVL.com, follow us on Twitter and FMLVL supports Patreon.com slash FMLVL subscribe, rate, review, and cheers!